Welcome to Language During Mealtime. Certified speech-language pathologist and children's book author Becca Eisenberg brings you creative professionals from the language learning and children's education field. With these ideas, parents can help their children with special needs improve language and reading abilities. Hi, I'm Becca Eisenberg. Welcome to our podcast, Language During Mealtime, episode number 72. Today, I'll be interviewing Ori Guten. He is an up-and-coming picture book author who just released his debut title, The Butterfly Who Flew in the Rain. As a student working towards his master's in counseling psychology and a career as a youth, youth therapist, Ori passionately believes in the power of stories to help create more emotionally aware, expressed, and resilient children. Outside of writing in grad school, Ori is an Ironman triathlete, a, I'm going to, Vipassana, Vipassana. <laughs> meditator, and an avid traveler. Ori currently lives in Berkeley with his partner and a quirky little cat named Furby. You can see more of Ori's work at his website at oristories.com. And then from there, you could also check out, um, you could follow him on Instagram um, and YouTube mm-hmm. um, and Facebook. So thank you so much for being here today, Ori. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Becca. I'm excited to be here. So could you tell me a little bit about your children's book, The Butterfly Who Flew in the Rain, just a little bit of a synopsis, and then talk a little bit about you know what inspired you to write it? Totally. Yeah, so The Butterfly Who Flew in the Rain um, tells the story of Cody the Caterpillar. Um, and, and basically, Cody the Caterpillar is born in the midst of a horrible rainstorm. Um, and it follows his story as he's kind of uh, grappling with the struggles of, you know, what comes from the rain and the difficulties that the being a small little caterpillar um, in the middle of a rainstorm brings. And then um, when the sun comes out and he goes into his cocoon and he becomes a butterfly, his whole world kind of changes and he has this like revolutionary moment for him. But the main point of the story is that when the rain comes back and he has to re-grapple with this change of how does he find happiness in the rain or how does he find joy in the rain um, and not just wait for the rain to be over. That's sort of the main uh, idea or content of the book. Right. And I like the story that, you know, what inspired you to write it? Because, I mean, the idea began when you were very young. Yeah, exactly. So. Um, it's pretty cool. This book was actually like initially inspired by a, a drawing that I made when I was only four years old. Um, it was, I was clearing out my moving out of my family house that I had grown up in and we were looking through some old boxes in our storage unit. And I found this picture. There was like this, it looked like I had made it on like paint, like that old app that you'd have on the computer, you know, back in the nineties. Um, and it was like a picture of a butterfly flying in a rainstorm and underneath it said, if I was a butterfly, I would fly in the rain, I would fly in the clouds. And I like loved that imagery that I had thought of at that age of this like gentle creature, like a butterfly that was just persevering through a rainstorm. And I imagine kind of like how that would feel on the butterflies, very gentle wings, like pushing it down, but um, it's sort of persevering and keep flying high up into the sky and flying in the rain. Um, and so that image sort of stuck with me for, for a long time in my head and was something that I just thought was really powerful. And I thought, I don't know, I just really, really appreciated that image that I had thought of 
Um, and then later on, a few years later, maybe like three or four years later, uh, I was going through a pretty difficult period of time in my life. Um, and I was struggling with anxiety and depression and, and um, suicidal thought. And I was kind of, you know, grappling for tools in my life to sort of bring me through this. Um, and one of the, the tools that I discovered at that time was a therapeutic model called acceptance and commitment therapy, um, which served as some of the inspiration of this book. But that book, reading that sort of realigned in my mind with this image that I had created before of this butterfly persevering in the rain. Um, and as I read this book about acceptance and commitment therapy, I, I thought of this image and, um, that I had created and I realized that this idea of this butterfly sort of accepting its surroundings, accepting the rain that's around it and continuing to choose to persevere and to fly in the rain um, and not let this rain get it down also aligned to how I was feeling with my mental health and kind of the push that I needed to um, realize that I didn't have to let my negative thoughts or my um, self-doubt or, you know, any external circumstances, you know, force my action in life and that I could sort of accept what was happening and, and take charge of it and, and change things. Yeah. And I think that's really key right now, just during COVID, during the pandemic, because it could be really easy to feel like down about everything. Um, but then, you know, the perseverance of just kind of accepting the way things are right at this moment and, you know, thinking about what you can do, what you can't do. Um, I think that's really aligns and relates well to like the current situation for a lot of people. Totally. Yeah. I think it, it was very serendipitous that this story came out right at, as this pandemic was happening. Cause I think the story is something that, um, and that message is something that kids really need to hear right now of, of being able to accept challenges and finding ways to push through them rather than just waiting for them to end but, you know, finding meaning in the challenge itself. So I think it's something that kids need to hear. And I mean, I know for myself, I need constant reminders of that too. Um, and I know a lot of other adults that benefit from that message. And so can you tell me a little bit about your background, about, you know, just making a decision to go into psychology and counseling. And I'm also just curious about, you know, have you used the book at all during some of your therapy sessions? Yeah. Great question. Um, well, so in in undergraduate school, I studied environmental science, um, and I was really big on sort of environmental activism in, in when I was in college, and then that slowly shifted over time more into environmental education, um, and I became really interested in working with kids around just raising awareness around sustainable practices and sort of biological sciences. And that led me to moving across the country from Maryland all the way to San Francisco to take a job in a, a public school there working as an outdoor science teacher. Um, and oh, so that's really I, cool. It was awesome. Yeah. yeah, I loved that job. It was so cool. <laughs> um, so I spent a year doing that. And while I absolutely loved developing this like curriculum around, um, you know, increasing their perspective of environmental awareness and just environmental comprehension. What I found myself really, really loving the most was sort of the interpersonal dynamics of being a teacher in an elementary school. 
And whether that was like helping kids resolve conflicts between themselves, um, whether it was helping them, you know, helping a kid just process a difficult moment after class or, you know, during recess, or if they came to my office, um, whether it was I mentored a third grade student that I really enjoyed that relationship. Um, I just kind of felt myself increasingly called to this sort of emotional support or counseling, social emotional development role. Um, and at the same time, I was also on, on sort of the end of my experience of really struggling with depression and anxiety. Um, and so both of those experiences kind of just led me to redirect from environmental education more towards counseling and more towards uh, youth development. So I, I worked for a year um, at a charter school in the Bayview neighborhood in San Francisco um, as like an emotional support assistant for high-risk kids in elementary school. And then I, um, and I was, I had started my master's last year as well. So while I had that job, I had started my master's in counseling. And then this year, um, just to get a little bit of a different, uh, taste, I worked with high school students for my, um, my grad school internship. So right now I'm working three days a week as a therapist, like primary therapist at a uh, high school working with, um, you know some middle schoolers, I guess too, but mostly high school. Um, and so with them right now, I haven't used the book a ton just cause I think yeah. Yeah. with high schoolers, it's a little harder to use that type of, um, medium, but I definitely use a lot of the, the concepts, um, that, have that guided the writing of the book. Mm -hmm. Um, and I would say last year when working with my, uh, elementary school students, I definitely used the book. Um, so it wasn't a finished product then, but I had like a PDF version of it. And I would, I would kind of use my kids as Guinea pigs at time to get, um, sort of feedback from them around the book, but also using it to help them, you know, process difficult emotions or process difficult situations. So, yeah. Yeah. I like how you just talked about using the concepts with older students. Cause I think that there are some really nice lessons and values from books that you could use with older kids that you may not actually like read that specific children's book, but you could, but, and that's what I want you to talk about now a little bit. Cause I like that part at the end of the book where you include a whole section about social emotional learning. Mm -hmm. so can you talk about that for a couple minutes, just what's included in the book and what kind of goals or what, what you would like children to learn from reading the book? Yeah, most definitely. Um, well, I think, as you had mentioned in my bio, I mean, I feel, I believe like so passionately in, in bibliotherapy, which is a term I just learned this past year, which is basically using books uh, in support of therapy. Um, and I think these books can be such a powerful medium for sharing messages, um, with younger kids. And like you said, with, with older kids as well, I think they, you know, some of the messages are still really salient with, with anyone of any age, but, um, yeah, I guess in, in this book in particular, at the end of it, I include a short passage that explains some of the social emotional learning and therapeutic um, background to the book and what I'm hoping kids to get out of it. Um, I provide a number of, you know, discussion questions that either a parent, a teacher, 
um, a therapist or whoever would want to use the book could sort of uh, use those questions to guide a basic discussion. And those are just a starting point too. You know, you can obviously take those questions and go much, much more in depth. And then um, I also provide um, a free link on my website to download like a 13 page, um, basically self-help book, workbook for kids that is designed to help them um, connect with their values and think about in the lens of what their values are and what's important to them, um, how to overcome some sort of obstacle that they're facing in their life right now. Um, and I guess I'll take that to jump about on, onto what I specifically want kids to get out of this book. And I've touched on it a little bit before, but my main goal of writing this book is to is to teach kids that you don't when when the when there's a storm coming or when you're in the midst of a storm you don't only have to wait for the storm to be over and that it's also possible to find meaning and to find happiness in the storm so whether that means you know in the storm could be really difficult emotions so processing something that you're experiencing internally so you don't necessarily have to have those emotions to go away to proceed, or if you're feeling really angry or upset, you can still find meaning in connecting to those emotions and taking actions that connect to what's important to you. If you're in a really difficult situation, for example, like the pandemic, you don't just have to sit at home and only wish, I can't wait till things go back to normal. I can't wait till things go back to normal. You can also think about what are the things that are important to me when life is, you know, quote unquote, normal. And how can I still connect to those things right here, right now in the midst of this pandemic? So yeah, it's just, it's kind of like that quote. Um, it's not about waiting for the storm to pass. It's about learning to dance in the rain kind of thing. Now that I think of it. Yeah, I love that. And I think it's really helpful to children of all ages to think to that that whole concept, I think is really, really important because it's, it's easy to just say, well, I'll wait till it's done. But there are certain yeah. things you just don't know when it's going to be done. And you have to work with what you have right then. So, yeah, mm -hmm. totally. I mean, yeah, I just think, I think acceptance is such a key, a key point too, that I want to touch on just because, you know, when we're so resistant to these situations or these emotions or whatever we're facing, um, the longer they go on, the more we continue to be upset and the even greater we, the more greatly we become upset because we're so pushing away and so resisting of this, you know, negative experience or hard experience. Um, and the more we want it to go away, the, the longer it stays, the worse we feel. But if we can sort of practice acceptance and acceptance means not necessarily that we approve of this situation. It's not that we're happy about this situation. It's just accepting that we're facing it. And so I think that's a really key point too in, in sort of overcoming obstacles and challenges. Yeah, I think that's great. I, I think your book is wonderful. And I think, and I love just you, the um, social emotional component to it. So thank you. So is there anything else that you want to add before we finish up today? Yeah, I guess um, one piece that I would add um, something that I'm really excited about with this book is, is, um, what we're doing with the profits of the book. Um, and oh, I'm that, so glad you mentioned that because I did see that on your website and I did 
mean to mention it, but I'm glad you, I'm glad that you added that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No worries. No worries. Um, yeah, I guess. So when this book came out or right when we were preparing to publish it, me and my fantastic illustrator who I'll mention Winnie Kwong Sito, like incredible illustrator. This was her first time writing, uh, illustrating a book. She did an amazing job. Um, when we were talking about the publishing process, it was right at the start of the pandemic. Like we were really gearing up just around last March. And so we decided collectively that um, we wanted to donate 100% of the profits from the book to nonprofits in our local community who were supporting kids and families who were really hit the hardest by this pandemic. Um, We figured if this book is about helping kids and and families really overcome obstacles, then we wanted to sort of take that the next step and um, provide even more assistance. So Winnie chose um, an organization in Boston where she's from called Mass Undocufund uh, that is providing direct crisis relief funds to undocumented immigrants in all of Massachusetts. And they've provided over a million dollars so far to undocumented folks in Massachusetts. And I chose um, a local organization in San Francisco called Compass Family Services, which provides, um, they've been around since before the pandemic, and they've been around for over 100 years, I think, um, providing uh, therapeutic and kind of like basic needs support to the homeless community in San Francisco. And ever since the pandemic, they've seen their needs skyrocket. Um, And so they are providing uh, direct um, direct funds. They're providing, you know, food, diapers, um, continual therapy services. So they're, they're both doing a lot of really great work. And I'm, you know, just proud that we're giving the money from the book to support those people and to support those communities that really need it right now during the pandemic. That's wonderful. And I guess you could learn more on your website, which is, uh, oristories.com. So That's great. Thank you so much for being here today, Ori. It was like, it was so wonderful talking with you and learning about your book and learning about you. And um, I think it's just wonderful to donate those proceeds to such a great cause. Yeah. Thank you. I, it was such a pleasure to talk with you and I, um, I love talking about the book and, you know, about the message behind it. And I believe really passionately in it. So I appreciate the space to be able to share and the platform to share. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Listen and learn with us at Language During Mealtime.